Hello there. And welcome to a brand new episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing. I am really excited to be sharing with you guys a brand new podcast episode. Uh, I'm going to be uploading this on New Year's Eve. So uh, here's to the beginning of a new year. Uh, hopefully a good 2023 for all of you guys. Uh, I am joined again. I'm joined by my friend uh, Marianne today. How are you doing, Marianne? I'm pretty good. Today after Christmas, feeling great. How about you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yes, yes. Uh, Merry late Christmas to you all as well. Uh, yeah, we are filming the day after Christmas. Uh, so if I sound like a little like lethargic or anything like that, it's because I'm still kind of in a food coma from yesterday. Uh, but I'm doing well. Uh, so yeah, so it's December and the year is about to end, which means for us movie lovers, or at least some of us movie lovers, uh, Oscar season, the Oscar nominations are going to be coming up, I think at the end of January. Uh, so in this podcast episode, Marianne and I are going to be sharing, uh, what we think will be nominated at the Oscars. Now, a couple of disclaimers before we continue is that these what we're going to share is what we think, not necessarily what we want to be nominated at the Oscars. Some of these will be what we want to be nominated, but there may be some where we include because just because, you know, we uh, assume based off of other critics uh, award shows or just like general consensus like what we think uh, the Academy will decide to uh, nominate this uh, next year. Mm -hmm. So that's the first disclaimer. And uh, well, later on, we actually are going to share a little bit of like what we want to be nominated, but for the most part, it'll just be what we think uh, will be nominated. And uh, the second disclaimer is that uh, the Oscars did recently like make a bunch of like rule changes so that may but that shouldn't affect our like decisions too much uh these probably won't match up exactly with what the oscars will uh nominate but you know that's the fun in it is guessing so are you ready marianne sure let's go awesome so i'll let you go first uh we're gonna start go. with best picture Okay, okay. So for those of you who don't know, the um, Oscars, at least from this point on, um, the best picture field is 10. It's not like it was the past 10 years or so where it was at least five, but could be maximum of 10. It's, it's just 10. So that's why we both have picked 10 for this category. Um, my picks are always going to be in alphabetical order, so it's not based on what I think is most likely to win or least likely to win or personal preference, just alphabetical, straightforward that way. So um, my 10 for best picture are as follows. Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun, The Whale, and Women Talking. Wow, so you think that The Whale still has a chance? Yeah, so when I was making this list, I, I went on to Gold Derby. Like, first I listed things that I, from the top of my head, that I could remember for sure. Like, this is in the conversation, people are really liking this one, etc. And then and I didn't have 10 just doing that, so I went on to Gold Derby 
I'm just looking through like what they have predicted and what the odds are. And um, I think the whales probably it's an outsider one for sure, but I have just like this weird feeling that they're going to like the talkiness of it, the, that it's kind of like a, a staged or a movie set play type thing. Um, I don't know. I, I have some weird feeling that it's going to get some goodwill with the voters. Okay. Okay. I understand. I getcha. I getcha. Uh, oh, one more thing. Uh, one more disclaimer. Sorry for those of you listening. We're also going to share uh, what we think will win in each category. And that is something that I did not tell Marianne beforehand. So I apologize about that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I did pick that ahead of time too, just in case. So okay, totally good. Fine. good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we will get to that later. Um, but so yeah, the only one that really surprises me is the whale that like you think that that still has a chance of getting nominated because I do see that that ha like with critics that film is really not doing that well like it's critics are very mixed on it so mm -hmm. and the and I know that like not the, the academy voters uh, consist of people that mainly work in the film industry and don't just mainly consist of, of critics but you know what right. critics say does matter to academy voters sometimes you know mm -hmm. so i i just i don't know i i do know though that you do have a point though because the whale is doing slightly better than expected with audiences like i believe mm -hmm. on i believe it's actually making money and like not like you know avatar money or top gun right money, but, but it's, <laughs> it's it's making a good amount of money and I remember when I went in, when I saw the whale in theaters, I was shocked that of how many people there were. It wasn't like a fully packed theater, but I saw like a couple yeah. of rows filled and I was thinking, wow, there's this many people here? Yeah, same thing. Same here. Yes, but like, I think that uh, the whale surprises me, but everything else on your list is basically exactly what my list is so uh <laughs> we'll get to what you you'll get to who your pick is well what you think will win best picture later but first i just want to share mm -hmm. my list which is again exactly okay. almost exactly the same as yours so my list is also avatar babylon banshees elvis everything everywhere fablemans tar top gun and uh women talking but instead of the whale, I put RRR. Okay. Now, RRR doesn't seem to be as popular these days. Like, I mean, it's a big, it was a big Bollywood hit for sure. But amongst general mainstream American movie going audiences, it doesn't seem to be like super popular. However, mm -hmm. people in the film industry and critics love it they absolutely are going bananas for this movie and when it was announced that india did not select rrr for uh their submission for best international feature people mm -hmm. went like people were furious <laughs> and they were you yeah. know, so insistent that you know they were like okay we're gonna we're still gonna campaign it anyway for the oscars we're gonna like you know we're gonna like spread it you know word of mouth and all that so like, I think that at least amongst people in the film industry, RRR seems to be getting more 
positive reception than the whale is, which is why I think that RRR will be nominated. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I had um, some alternates. I, I wrote down an alternate or two for each category, and um, RRR was not really on there just because I personally haven't seen it, but I have heard what you've what you mentioned about critics and fans seem to really enjoy it. So that's certainly a possibility. Um, I'm also wondering if they'll nominate She Said just so they can kind of, so Hollywood can pat itself on the back and say, hey, look, we took care of the Harvey Weinstein problem <laughs> and just like act like uh, <laughs> they did something special there when that just making a movie about it doesn't really do anything. But, you know, you know how Hollywood gets sometimes about patting themselves on the back. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. I definitely, definitely get that for sure. But the problem is, is that she said isn't really that beloved. Like, people who've yeah. seen it like it, but no one has been like, oh, this is an amazing, like, piece yeah. of cinema. You know, like, everybody's yeah. just like, it's good. And, yeah, and that's, that's basically true. it. And that's basically <laughs> Very it. True. I do think that The Woman King has a slight chance. Mm-hmm. But I can't really imagine seeing it in seeing it nominated. I mean, and, okay, and also, I'm sorry. Another quick disclaimer: Neither Marianne, I assume you, Marianne, uh, have not seen all the movies you're going to mention, and I certainly haven't. Correct. Like I haven't seen. She said I haven't seen Elvis yet. Uh, I haven't seen uh, Woman King. So yeah, again, like like I said before, the but some of the movies we pick aren't what we want to be nominated necessarily, and the main reason for that could be because we haven't seen it yet. Uh, just want to right. get this out yep. there, uh, you know, just you know, just in case some of you didn't, you know, realize that. But yeah, I think I think the fact that your list and mine we match by ninety percent says that <laughs> oh yeah, like. We're, we're, we're pretty sure it's very likely that these movies will be nominated. But, yeah. like, number 10, yeah, like, number 10, I'm not sure. Like, it could be RR, it could be The Whale. Honestly, like, I, I, I'm not even, like, 100% confident about RRR. Like, I just picked it because, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, doing research for this podcast, I thought that that was the one that seems like it would be the most, like, embraced by the Academy. Weird category with weird uh, <laughs> potential there. Maybe because it, there's required 10, something could sneak in and we'll all be like, oh, okay then. <laughs> it is fascinating, though, just how many blockbusters and mainstream movies there are this year. Like Avatar, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, mm -hmm. Top Gun. There, Those are yeah. four blockbusters that have generally done like really well or even better with mainstream audience moviegoers yeah. isn't that like that's fascinating like that the academy is embracing more of the mainstream stuff yeah and the fact that um like top gun everything everywhere and elvis all came out um before uh, july they came out in the first half of the year which as you and I both know, is not very often that they nominate movies that came out more than six months ago. Exactly, exactly. Who do you think will win Best Picture? I'm torn on this one. Um, I can't decide if the all of the 
movements or not movements, the um, things that they've done to add more people to their ranks, the Oscars or the Academy. I can't figure out yet if there's enough of a split between like older, more, I guess, traditional viewers and voters versus the newer ones who would maybe pick something different. Cause I feel like older ones are going to go more for the Fablemans, whereas younger ones are going to go for everything everywhere all at once. So I'm kind of torn, but I, I feel like right now it might be the Fablemans, but I, I'm not really like sold on it. <laughs> but I think it's between those two for sure. Fablemans I see, I see. I, I definitely could see why you would think, like why you would think that the Fablemans, uh, you know, will probably, what could win. Like I do know that the Oscars, the Academy still has a lot of like older white men in there and you know like i do know that the fablemans was a big box office flop but i believe i read somewhere that like demographic wise this movie did really well with like the older or elderly crowd yeah so i i could i could see that i could see that however like you said before the academy did bring in a lot of younger people and, you know, they tried to diversify, you know, as much mm -hmm. as they could or as much as they were willing to do. Yeah. I think I could see a scenario where everything everywhere or Top Gun wins. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe more so Top Gun because everything everywhere has some really weird stuff in it yeah. that could alienate <laughs> older viewers. But, like, Top Gun is a, is a 2022 movie that embraces the old while still also having enough good stuff in it for the new. True. Like, so I could see a scenario where, like, Top Gun, you know, people just love that movie so much. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like, I could see where it will, like, it could win. And, you know, yeah. like, Tom Cruise could win his first Oscar. You know, like, the narrative around that movie is... You know, oh, it's such a great sequel, and you know, oh, it's like Tom Cruise continuing to be his uh, wonderful, you know, risk-taking self. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I and True. you know, like it's like that movie not only did so well at the box office, but critics loved it as well. So like, yeah. I think I think that that movie has a pretty good chance. But honestly, what makes this uh, discussion kind of exciting for me is that I actually don't know what could win well i mean i do know what will definitely not win <laughs> uh women talking tar and babylon definitely will not win i think they will be nominated but i think that they don't have a chance of winning yeah yeah but uh is there anything else that you want to say about picture uh before we move on to the next category uh, let me see what I had written down here. Um, yeah, I already said that about she said, and with you mentioning RRR, my other comment was I feel like probably one film that's not like very American centric or, well, I mean, Banshees of Inisherin is Irish, but like an, a foreign language film might sneak in. Um, so RRR fits that, right? I, I haven't, it is, it's not in English, I assume, just, but, right. Well, the only two, the only two, uh, I guess, actually, no, there are three, I suppose. There are three non-American films that have done generally well 
with like you know uh the academy voters or end critics uh there's after sun which i feel like that movie's just too small like i i know that people who have seen it loved it mm-hmm. the problem the problem is that and i did want to see it but the problem is that is that it wasn't playing at all in a theater near me like yeah. at all and i'm very disappointed in you know in that uh but people i know that people who have seen it like love it like are calling yeah. it, like their favorite of the year yeah and even like some like directors like daniel kwan and daniel shiner who directed everything everywhere said that after sun was their favorite movie of the year so like you know people in the industry are yeah. aware of this movie but like mainstream people definitely are not Right, right. And well, they, it's not the People's Choice Awards, so. <laughs> yes, but the Academy lately does try to, like, consider what the people think. They've been trying mm-hmm. to do that a little, little bit more each year. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, the Netflix movie All Quiet on the Western Front, which mm-hmm. the, I don't know if you heard about the Oscar shortlist where they released the shortlist for like certain mm-hmm. categories, what you know, were eligible to be yep. nominated, and All Quiet on the Western Front did better than expected. So I could right, see right. a scenario where All Quiet of the Western Front sneaks in. Mm-hmm. And then there's also yeah. the Korean film Decision to Leave, mm-hmm. where that one will definitely win Best uh, Foreign Film because our our is not in consideration at all. So right. I think Decision to Leave is like, it will win because it was like the close second. But okay. I, can't, I can't see Decision to Leave being nominated for Best Picture. I don't, I see Decision to Leave as just a foreign film contender. And, you know, some people are saying, oh, well, Parasite, that's a Korean movie that also got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, but Parasite was like kind of a cultural phenomenon. And it came out yeah. during a year where we start to see a big boom and rise in like K-pop, K-drama, all the big like Korean, mm-hmm. uh, like big like rise in Korean culture in movies, shows, yep. pop culture, all that. And Parasite went along for a ride. True, true. Well, we had to um, drive my car last year, which uh, is Japanese, but. Um the trend of a foreign or not English language film being nominated for best picture is kind of on the up. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, we'll see. But a quick uh, tangent here. Drive my car. Did you know that drive my car is the first ever Japanese language film to be nominated at the Oscars for best picture? Um, I feel like that's something that, not for sure that I knew that, but like I wouldn't be able to like think of another film that would have been nominated. So kind of. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's it's true that uh, that Drive My Car is the only Japanese movie so far to be nominated for Best Picture, which means mm-hmm. not a single Akira Kurosawa film has been nominated for Best Picture. Akira <laughs> oh, Kurosawa, no. one of the most influential directors ever. Mm-hmm. Like Seven Samurai. Throne of Blood, yep. Yojimbo, none of those have been nominated for Best Picture, and that is baffling to me. Yeah, back in the, what, 50s and 60s when <laughs> the Academy was only limited to five picture nominees, and they were as uh, worldly as they are today, shall we say? 
Yeah, no, I know, I know, yeah, but just, like, I've been on a big, like, Akira Kurosawa high lately. Oh, and okay. Just, like, the fact that none of his films, his films have been nominated at the Oscars, but for other categories, but never mm-hmm. for the major ones. And I'm like, how? Just, why? Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so you're thinking that Fablemans could potentially win. And I think I think I'll go with Top Gun. I think Top Gun could potentially okay. win. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but 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 again, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm mm-hmm. honestly I'm not even like eighty or like seventy percent sure. I think I'm only <laughs> like fifty percent sure. Yeah, same though. Alright, so let's move on now to director. Who do you think will be nominated for best director? Okay, um, for this category, I have James Cameron for Avatar 2. I have Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I have Todd Field for Tar. I have Martin McDonough for uh, Banshees of Nishirin. And Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. My alternate in this category is Sarah Pauly. Um, I as a I haven't seen the movie yet, so I can't really say um, based on the content of the movie. But it would be nice to see a woman get nominated again, since two women have won in a row now. But that's we should pick what's best, not just because it's a woman. But that's my she's my alternate for now. Your list is literally the exact same as my list. That's scary. Uh, nice. <laughs> not much to debate there. <laughs> Well, I do think that Boz Lerman, he did get in at the Golden Globes. And again, like I haven't seen Elvis yet. And honestly, I don't really want to because why would I? (laughs) But (laughs) I just, uh, yeah, like he was, when he was nominated, he was nominated at the Golden Globes. And, you know, like I know that a lot of people love Elvis. And, you know, I will, I am going to watch it tomorrow. Not really because I want to, but mostly just, you know, out of curiosity. <laughs> to get see. it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just get out of the way. Uh, but, yeah, like, I mean, he could potentially sneak in. Uh, again, like with the RRR love, uh, SS Raja Muli or Rama Juli. I don't know how to say his name. He could sneak in as well. I could, I could potentially see that. I could also potentially see uh, Ruben Oslin for a Triangle of Sadness sneak in. Mm-hmm. I really don't think, unfortunately, I don't think that Sarah Polly will get it because not enough people are watching women talking and the people that did see it aren't really liking it that much. Well, it hasn't gone wide yet. I mean, I guess that doesn't matter for the Oscars because most of them are New York or L.A. based anyway, but it hasn't gone wide. I haven't even had a chance to see it because it hasn't been released here anywhere where I am. So I don't know if that will have any effect on it, like if they're going to come in late with a late push in January, but I don't know. (laughs) You have a fair point, though. I think that uh, MGM the studio that's distributing women talking, I think that they could and should uh, push, do a late push for women talking because it honestly deserves the initial praise that got. So like, You've I seen believe, it? yeah. So women talking, I think initially oh. came out at Toronto film festival. 
but mm-hmm. I actually got to see it at the Virginia Film Festival back in November. Oh, and okay. That was the only movie that I saw at the Virginia Film Festival. <laughs> I actually don't think that I logged it into Letterboxd yet. I think I forgot. But anyway, so oh. <laughs> a brief so a brief review of a brief review from me of Women Talking. I really liked it a lot. I thought that it was absolutely fantastic. The acting, directing, writing were legitimately some of the best of the year. Uh, the mm-hmm. film is held back by some really weird uh, color grading and editing okay. choices. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what they were thinking. Like, you know how the movie Twilight has this really like ugly blue drab filter? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the same with Women's Hockey. Like it's such oh, okay. a great it's such a great movie, but it looks so ugly, like cinematography wise. And I have no idea okay. why they did that. And it does unfortunately okay. unfortunately the cinematography does take away from the emotion of the film sometimes. And I believe that that's one of the factors that's hurting women talking uh, their chances, and specifically like Sarah Polly. You know, like people. With the ugly cinematography, people do seem to be blaming Sarah Polly more than the cinematography for that. And I think that that's really unfair. Mm, And I think that it is mainly because she is a woman. Jeez. Yeah, that sucks. I honestly do think that she deserves to be nominated more than uh, James Cameron or even Spielberg, honestly. Like, The Fablemans is a superbly directed movie. And I really like it a lot. But I think that directing-wise, and also like emotion-wise, I was a little bit more invested with Women Talking, and I think that her directing okay. is, was a little bit stronger. I don't mean to insult Spielberg, because, you know, like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I love Steven Spielberg. He's still one of my favorite directors yeah. of all time. But I just think specifically with his movie versus her movie this year, Personally, I would, like, put Sarah Polly over, like, James Cameron or Steven. But, I, you know, unfortunately, I think she'll be completely snubbed. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to end up happening, too. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, because Women Talking is, honestly, it, it gets better for me the more I think about it. Like, I won't spoil anything, but, like, what... Sarah Polly was able to accomplish narratively is honestly kind of brilliant. Okay. And like I'm I know excited it, to see it. <laughs> no, you'll you'll like it for sure. You'll give it I think you'll give it at least like I don't know, like a seven or eight out of ten. It's a really good movie. <laughs> okay. And no also it has a really sh- only give it a six. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, Marianne, okay. No, but uh, <laughs> it's it has a really no. I think you'll like it, and it does have a really strong like feminist message, and an actually good feminist message. Good. Not like you know, it's <laughs> not like other feminist movies where they're like you know pushing it way too hard and being like, oh, like all men suck and all that. No, no, this movie, this movie <laughs> doesn't go that way. Okay, well that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but who do you think will win Best Director? Um, the trend seems to be in Spielberg's favor, so I'm, I think he's probably going to win. I think so, too. I think he'll win as well. 
I do think that the Daniels have a slight chance, but the favorite mm-hmm. does mainly seem to be in Spielberg, considering that this movie is, you know, his like his Roma, his Belfast. So like, right. you know, and people people really like it a lot. People people yeah. love Fablements. And I I really like Fablements too. And I wouldn't be mad if he won, because I do think that Fablements is really well directed, but he's won before for Schindler's yeah, List true. and Saving Private Ryan. So I think it would be yeah. great to see a new a newcomer win. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say about Best Director before we move on? Nah, I'm good. All right. So now we're going to move on onto Best Actor. And uh, this time I'm going to go first. Okay. So for me, basically all of the acting categories, there are some nominees where it's like obvious who will get in. But yeah. Like, some of these picks were really hard. Like, it's really, like, up in the air, ambiguous. But for Best Actor, I think I'm confident of these picks. So I have Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser, not Fraser, for The Whale, Bill Nighy for Living, and Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick. I have the same picks. Literally the same five. Yeah, yeah. I, I think with Best yep. Actor, that's a pretty easy category. Yeah, it kind of is, but at the same time, it also felt like this was a really weak category. Like, no offense to any of the actors, but when I was looking through the Gold Derby list, I was like, really? Like, I don't know. Like, it was hard to even, like, come up with five. But that's because it could be because I haven't seen... Um, living which bill nye is in but it was just like hard to even think of five without having to look at a cheat sheet basically um because i know a lot of people before like it really came out and it still hasn't really come out for everybody yet but i know a lot of people were hyping up hugh jackman for the sun so he's actually my alternate for this category because i know that's coming out later so that might make another late push so um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird category this year. I feel like none of these I was really like, oh my god, that's I have no idea who to pick, or I have like ten people to choose from. <laughs> like it would seem pretty weak in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, I I gotta say that I do kind of agree with you, kind of. So okay, <laughs> Colin Farrell, and so I mean, you you already know about the narratives behind Colin Farrell and Brendan Fraser, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, people are saying, you know, this is the whale is Brendan Fraser's comeback and mm-hmm. that Colin Farrell's performance as Banshees is his career best. Uh, yep. I think that initially the narrative towards Brendan Fraser was much, much stronger. Like that clip of yeah. him at the Venice Film Festival, people applauding around him and him crying, you know, tears of appreciation yeah. and gratitude. That went viral. And that made people excited for the whale. Yeah. But then the hype started dying down. But now that the whale is in wide uh, theaters, like, you know, wide release, the hype does Mm -hmm. seem to be starting to build up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. 
However, I as much as I would love to see him win, because I think that the whale is his career best performance. Yeah. I don't think he will win. Really? Unfortunately. I think that it's between Austin and uh, Colin. Really? Yeah. I, I see more people online, what you know, in my side of the internet, I see more people being like, Oh, Austin Butler you know, he was so great in Elvis, and they gave it to, if they can give it to Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, they can give it to him. And I also see people that are like, oh, Colin, you know, he was so <laughs> great in the Batman. And, you know, his performance in Batman and in Banshees just proves that he's one of the best actors working today. I see a mm -hmm. lot of people saying that. That's true. And I obviously, again, I haven't seen Elvis. I'm sure Austin Butler is great in it. Uh, I... I'm looking forward to seeing Austin Butler in the Dune sequel. And he was <laughs> my favorite part of the high school musical spinoff movie, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. <laughs> but I knew that would make you laugh. Uh, but I, I think that Brendan Fraser, like, I think he's the best out of all five of them personally. And I would be so happy to see him win. But yeah, and I'm not saying he's completely dead. I just think that it will probably be between Austin and Colin. Or maybe Austin and Colin will cancel each other out, and then Brendan will actually win. But, yeah. I, but, but the fact that I can't say for 100% certainty does worry me. It worries you? <laughs> yeah, it worries me that Brendan may not win because I thought Brendan oh, I was the best out of the five. Oh, okay. Even right, though right. I loved Colin in Banshees. Loved him. Oh, yeah, me too. So, who's your five? I had the same five. The same five? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You said that before. My bad, my bad. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, I, you said really before, and that, that means that you also think that Brendan it, will win? Yeah, I think he will, just because I know, like, the narrative, like you had mentioned, seems to be kind of in his favor, like... The voters seem to like comebacks. They like, um, really, just, I guess for his case, it would just be comeback because he's been out of mainstream acting for a while, at least in my book. I know he has been acting in things, but it's just nothing that I've really seen. So the fact that he's doing a more mainstream, it, it, it's kind of funny to say it as mainstream because it's not like The Whale is, you know, a comic book movie that's making millions of dollars, but it just got so much attention because it's not a role that I would assume you, this is the same for you, but it's not a role we would associate him with. Like we know him as, you know, Rick from the mummy series or George of the jungle. And now he's playing right. like a completely different role. So it's just right. like, so cool for us to see someone who was like a, you know, action hero to us as a kid or as kids is now like being taken seriously and take, taking roles that are different for him. So that's really cool for, us anyway i don't know if that's the same for voters but <laughs> yeah i really i really don't know i really really don't know and i i will say i am personally more negative on the whale overall than uh most people okay but like the perform we're just talking about the performance right now right like i think that his performance was like fantastic and you know i would be i would be happy to see him win even though 
I wasn't super into the movie, and I don't like Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, I, I, I would like to see him win. And I, the, the, but the fact that we have the same five means that that will probably be the five that will get in. Yeah, I think so too. Although going back to director, there is a slight chance that Todd Fields could be snubbed, but people love Tar. Yeah. Speaking of Tar, though, actress. Actress is very interesting, and also yeah. a lot more ambiguous than people give it credit for, honestly. So yeah. I have for actress Kate Blanchett for Tar, Danielle Deadweiler for Till, mm-hmm. Viola Davis for The Woman King, Michelle Williams for Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Sorry, you go. Ahead. That's one I would like. I like that lineup. <laughs> that's that's the lineup that I, I I said that that's the lineup that honestly I think could get in. Um, I think that Viola Davis, you know, like Viola Davis, you might be thinking like, no, that film came out in September. You know, what about Margot Robbie for Babylon? And Margot Robbie for I not. I like I know people that love Babylon and you know loved her in it, but I see more people you know uh, people are mixed on Babylon in general, and more people than expected are don't like a performance. They think she's too over the top. She's too crazy, and I think that that could hurt her. Interesting. Yeah, and I think you know like Viola Davis has been doing better than expected with uh, critics groups. But I think that the three that definitely will make it in are Kate Blanchett, Michelle Yeoh, and Michelle Williams, which is dumb to me. That. That it, it's dumb to me about Michelle Williams because her performance in The Fablements is clearly a supporting performance. So why is she be nominated <laughs> for lead? She's not the main character. So why is she lead? Yeah. Like when yeah, I, I don't watched, know, but like when I watched Fablements, I thought, oh. She's great, and she could easily win Best Supporting Actress. But then I found out that mm-hmm. she, they're campaigning for lead, and I'm like, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I just... I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess they think they have a better chance there or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, their, their, their like, reason for campaigning her lead it was really dumb frankly but i mean i'm happy that she's being nominated in general but i personally would put her mm-hmm. in supporting but like if, if i were the academy but right, I guess right. she's in lead it's kind of like how lakeith stanfield they nominated him for supporting even though he's clearly the yeah. lead of judas and the black messiah right right but anyway so like yeah kate kate's obviously getting in michelle yo is obviously getting in Daniel mm-hmm. Deadweiler. Okay, so Daniel Deadweiler, for those of you who don't know, she was snubbed at the Golden Globes, which is evil because she was so <laughs> amazing until, and the fact that they snubbed her, like that made me mad. Like I know that awards ultimately don't matter and it's all superficial, but the fact that the Golden Globes snubbed Daniel Deadweiler 
is just so inane and stupid to me. Like, it's 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 clear that many of the Golden Globes voters didn't watch Till because if they, how could you watch Till and think, oh, we don't need to nominate her? She was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she was. She arguably she was better than uh, Michelle Yeoh. You could argue that. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that, but I'm saying that one could argue that, and I would not. Uh, you know, one could say that, and I would not argue with you. But okay. But you before seemed to express surprise about me picking Viola Davis. I want to know now your uh, five picks for best actress. <laughs> well, I don't think you'll be very um, happy with mine <laughs> because, again, everybody, keep in mind this is not what I want. This is just what I think, and. I'm sorry, but I have a bad feeling Danielle Deadweiler is not going to get an Oscar nomination either. I don't know why. I just have this weird feeling like there. I haven't really heard a lot of hype about her lately. And the fact that she didn't get Golden Globes is concerning. I know it's not always, you know, 100% overlap, but we'll see how like SAG and uh, other awards go. But my five are Kate Blanchett. I think Olivia Coleman will sneak in because she's well-liked by the Academy. I think... I mean, she's won before. She was nominated last year for The Lost Daughter. I just think they're kind of high on her, so they she might sneak in. And same with Margot Robbie. I think she'll sneak in, despite what you said. <laughs> Although you have a fair point about not everyone loving the movie or her performance in it. But she seems to be well-liked by the Academy. So if they get the movie and the fact that it's about movie making, that might help her favor too. And then Michelle Williams and Michelle Yale, as you also agreed. So those are my five. I get your points about Olivia Coleman and Margot Robbie. Uh, so I haven't seen Babylon or Empire of Light, mm-hmm. but those performances generally are. I know I said before that a lot of pe- that they're not a lot of people, but there are some people that don't like Margot Robbie's performance. But generally, mm-hmm. generally, Margot Robbie and Babylon and Olivia Coleman in Empire Light are considered to be like good performances in mediocre mm-hmm. or bad movies. Mm-hmm. And I get why you would like put in Olivia and Margot instead of Danielle and Viola. I, I definitely get that. Like I think that you're valid for doing so because people are still talking about the individual those individual performances. And people mm-hmm. are talking about Olivia more so than Danielle, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen Empire of Light. I don't want to insult Olivia Coleman, a.k.a. Uh, the amazing goddess that she is. But <laughs> I just, like, I want Danielle to be there so bad. And like you said, Olivia's been nominated, and she won already for the favorite. So why mm-hmm. not give a newcomer mm-hmm. a chance? Oh, I agree with you completely. I would prefer Danielle Deadweiler. I just have this weird feeling that she's going to miss. Yeah. Do you think uh, Jessica Chastain for The Good Nurse has any chance at all, or absolutely not? I don't really think so. Um, I haven't really seen that much about it. Like, I know, like, what was it, Variety or one of those trade newspapers? They're not really newspapers anymore, but Variety, Hollywood Reporter... One of them recently did like um, top films of the year and they had like other directors comment on them. And somebody, I don't remember which director it was, but one of them said the good nurse was like his favorite movie of the year, which was kind of 
seemed out of nowhere to me, but so maybe, but I mean, that's one person out of however many thousands in the Academy. Um, I mean, she just won last year, so I don't necessarily think the Academy is going to be lining up to get her another nomination since she's not considered overdue. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I, I don't think it's very high on the list. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's possible either, but I was just throwing it out there, you know, sure. just to see what you would think. Uh, some mm -hmm. people think that because Ana de Armas from Blonde was nominated at the Gold Globes that she could get in, but I don't think that the Academy will vibe well with Blonde. Yeah, probably not. I don't think so either. Yeah, and like me personally, I watched maybe like the first like 20 30 minutes of blonde and then i turned it off if i had watched the whole thing it would probably be my least favorite movie of the year oh no <laughs> i did not i did not like it at all i really <laughs> really did not like it at all and i was initially when they announced it everybody was like oh this is so disrespectful marilyn monroe but then i was like no 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 let's give it a chance maybe Mm -hmm, uh, and mm -hmm. director Andrew Dominic has something cool in mind. No, he did not have something cool in mind. He just treated her like, ironically, by trying to make this m movie that humanizes her or whatever, you know, BS he said. It actually sexualizes her, just like oh, yeah. everybody else did in Hollywood back then. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I could not finish Blonde. I could not finish it. I didn't even start it, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's not worth watching. You don't have to see it. I love Ana de Armas, but you can watch her in other movies. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about Best Actress? Nope. All right, so now we're going to move on onto arguably the easiest category. Actually, no, no, no. I think Best Actor was the easiest category to decide out of the acting categories. But I think Supporting Actor comes a close second. I think at least three of the picks here you and i will match and will definitely be nominated at the academy okay. so supporting actor we'll see. I'll yeah i'll let you go first again oh no <laughs> actually i'm gonna defer it to you i'm sorry please go first <laughs> okay then i'll go first for supporting actor um so i will say that two of these are complete wild guesses i have no idea okay. if they will get in or not but the other three are definite. Like, if the Academy does mm -hmm. not nominate any of these three, then the world has ended. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like they, they I, I'm pretty sure they will. But anyway, okay, so my five picks for who I think will be nominated for supporting actor Paul Dano in The Fablemans. Completely guessing. Uh, Brendan okay. Gleeson for Banshees. Barry mm -hmm. Kogan for Banshees, Brad Pitt for Babylon, and Kihi Kwan for Everything Everywhere. Okay, interesting. That's actually pretty close to mine. I was uh, mine's only different by one. Okay, all right. Uh, before I elaborate on mine picks, what are your picks? Uh, mine are the same, except I swapped um, Barry for Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans. Interesting, but but Barry's got, got in at the Globes and Critics' Choice, and he's been getting in at the uh, uh, Critics' Award circles. But you think that Judd yeah. Hurst will come in instead of Barry? Yeah, it's um, that's a good point. Um, Barry was actually my alternate for this category, um, and I was 
taking a few things into consideration when I was doing it, although I will admit the what you just said about Barry, I didn't really take into consideration. What I did take into consideration is that two nominations from the same movie has happened in Best Supporting Actor for four of the last five years. So that was kind of for me, I was trying to decide if it would be the Fablemans or Banshees that that would happen with. So would it be um, Brendan Gleeson and Barry, is it Keegan? I don't know how, I'm sorry. I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Keegan. I'm not sure though. Okay. Um, I should have looked beforehand, <laughs> but so my, I was basically trying to decide if it would be Brendan and Barry or Judd and Paul. <laughs> Basically, I'm just going to use first names. It's easier that way, I guess. And I feel like it's in the Fableman's favor now. Like, since I was going with the whole Fableman's will win best picture, I feel like if that's the case, then it would probably tilt in its favor for the actors as well. So that's why I put Paul and Judd. And Judd Hirsch is in his 80s, so he's kind of like one of those stories that the Oscars like of, oh, here's one of the guys who's been around forever and i i apologize i don't know his oscar history but as far as i know he has he might have won before or been nominated i'm not sure you can correct me if you know um but it seems like you know we haven't heard about him for a while at least at any rate so it's like oh well let's get him in because he's getting up there and <laughs> we love him in this movie we love this movie so we're gonna put him in that category so i don't know if he, i doubt he would win but i i feel like that story is in his favor I suppose that I could see where you're coming from, and I do know that the few people that have watched Fablemans, there are people whose favorite scene in the Fablemans is his scene, you know, the one mm -hmm. where he's, like, monologuing for eight minutes straight, and he's, like, you know, like, yeah. and, you know, he's like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could, you know, like, I could see him potentially getting in, but... I do think that the hype for him has died down a little bit and the hype okay. for Barry Kogan just keeps rising, I think. Sure. Yeah, no, I, 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 th I could go either way on that, to be honest. I, like I said, I couldn't really decide between those two. So yeah, either but way for sure. For, for me though, like Barry is an obvious pick. Brendan is the obvious pick and Kiki Kwan is the obvious pick to win. Like, I, I yes. cannot imagine anyone besides Key winning because the narrative for him, you know, just like with Brendan, this is also a comeback for Key as well. And like yeah. the narrative for him is just too strong. Yes, I agree. Yeah, like he was everybody's favorite character in Everything Everywhere. He was like he was the one that had arguably had the strongest emotional moments. Literally, yes. like the his his line of in everything everywhere where he says i would be happy just doing laundry and taxes with you that is literally mm -hmm. my favorite line of dialogue in any movie of this year literally yeah that is mm -hmm. that is the line of dialogue where in the theater i was like <laughs> just sobbing. <laughs> yeah i was like i love you short round <laughs> yeah. that's so funny but yeah no like that that just like, his performance, like, I'm so happy that he's going to be winning. And it's, like, 99% likely that he is going to win. If yeah. not 100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, earlier in the year, some people were saying it would be cool to have 
Brendan Fraser and uh, Brendan Gleeson both win just because it would be funny to have two guys named Brendan. Uh, yeah, two Brendans. <laughs> that, that that's just funny. like superficial reasons, not like people actually necessarily thought they should win, but they thought, oh, well, there's enough hype for both of them that it could happen. But anyway. Yeah. There, there were some people, when Banshees first came out, there were some people that were saying that Brendan would actually not get in because he was too subtle, but... That doesn't seem to be the case. And honestly, I thought that Brendan was better than Barry. Barry had the showier role, but Brendan, yeah. just what he was able to achieve just with his eyes. Like, I recommend mm -hmm. watching Banshees again and just staring at Brendan Gleeson's eyes. Just the amazing acting he's able to pull off while not saying anything. And just with a look, I'm like, he deserves supporting actor. He deserves to be nominated. Yeah, and and also Banshees yep. is also my favorite movie from Martin McDonough, like easily. So okay. yeah, I think I've so, only seen two of them, so no comment. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. So Eddie Redmayne for the Good Nurse and Bi Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, they've gotten some nominations at places. Do you mm -hmm. think that either one of them mm -hmm. have a chance of getting in over uh, Paul Dano or Judd Hirsch? Or even like Barry Kogan, or even Brad Pitt. Yeah, I think that's certainly possible given the what I just said about the two nominations from the same movie. It could be a case where some cancel each other out. Um, it could that could certainly happen, and then one of the two you mentioned could sneak in that way. Um, that's a good good point. I would be interested to see if that happens. Yeah, yeah, me too. And honestly, personally, I would put, I haven't seen Causeway, but I would put Brian Tyree Henry in over Brad Pitt for several reasons. Uh, <laughs> one, the sexual harassment allegations against Brad Pitt, you know, yeah. make his character a little bit questionable. And uh, two, Brian Tyree Henry, and Brad Pitt's been nominated before, and Brian Tyree Henry never has, and he's a great actor. Right. And three, he's, you know, he's black. He's a person of color. And it would be great to get another person of color in there. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but, I, but I haven't seen Causeway because I don't have Apple TV. Same. So, but maybe I'll check it out. I, I heard people are like, it's just okay, but the acting is good. So yeah. maybe I'll check it out. Uh, but, and, but I'm sad that Ben Wishaw from Women Talking is not going to make it at all. And I'm really sad about that because he, his performance was so heartbreaking and oh, really? tragic and good. Like his performance, like was, it was so tough to just watch his character say or do anything. Just the heartbreak and trauma that this guy has to go through is just, ugh, just, just, ugh. He's like the- Would you say it's his career best? I, I haven't seen I haven't seen um, enough of him to say for sure if that's his okay, career that's best fair. or not. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think he was like very very good, and he it's impressive. Not just it's impressive not just because he's the only sympathetic man in the movie, but also just he was just he's just that good. Sure, but no one's talking about it. No one, and also women talking in general. People are not super like 
you know, enthusiastic about that movie, and no one is mm -hmm. talking about Ben Winshaw. Some of the uh, women talking ladies have gone in at some small critics groups, but not Ben Winshaw. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like, I almost wonder if they think, like, well, it's a movie, it's a woman's story, so nominating the man would be kind of awkward or something. <laughs> I, I mean, I would still do it. If I were the Academy, I would easily nominate uh, Ben Winshaw. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, I haven't seen it yet, but I I can probably guess I would probably do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Last but not least, easily the hardest, well, for me, I don't know about you, but this for me was the hardest category to pick. Supporting Actress. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. I would do Rock, Paper, Scissors for Who Goes First. But, uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'll just go first. I'll go first. Uh, I will say I will say that I'm only confident about one. No, no, no. I'm confident about two of these picks. But, like, okay. I honestly, like, the, the picks I'm confident about, one of the two of them I'm confident about, and one of them I really don't want to happen, but I think it will happen. All right, yeah, I'm just okay. going to say it. Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. Jesse Buckley, Women Talking. Mm -hmm. Harry Condon, The Banshees of Inisherin. Mm -hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm -hmm. Stephanie Sue, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Interesting. I, I matched you with all but one. Really? Really? Yeah, That's... But, this, but I agree, this was really hard. I had like 10 or maybe even 11, 12 names that I wrote down, and I was like, God, I don't know who to pick here. It's, it's honestly names. like so unpredictable. It is. Yeah, like, but who is your, so you met, so who are your picks? Well, I had all the same, except I have this bad feeling again about Stephanie Sue, and I feel like she's not going to make it because all the hype is with Jamie Lee Curtis right now for some reason, which is not to take away from Jamie Lee Curtis, but like, I just, I don't know why it's all on her right now. Like, why did she get the, the Golden Globe nomination over Stephanie? Exactly. I, I just don't get it. Like, exactly. <laughs> is it because she's a, is because Stephanie's a newcomer? I don't know. Well, relatively newcomer compared to Jamie Lee Curtis at any rate. But so I put in her place, I put a Claire Foy for women talking just because I keep seeing, I see like her and Jesse Buckley mentioned a lot. So you think that Claire Foy, but Claire Foy hasn't really gone anywhere. So you think, yeah, that I, again, I didn't really look at like a lot of like other award nominations. There were some cases where like I, I, I saw the Golden Globe nominations, but I didn't always <laughs> take it into account with this list, admittedly. Um, it was just more so that, um, like with supporting actors, sometimes this category can get um, double nominations for one movie. So I kind of went with that in mind. But, you know, your your point is fair, too. So I, I honestly don't know. I had 12 people and I it was <laughs> practically a coin flip by the end who I was deciding. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, unfortunately, the hype isn't as strong for Stephanie Sue as it is for Jamie Lee, which is absolutely insane to me because anyone who watches the movie should know that Stephanie is doing a much better job than Jamie Lee did. 
Not that Jamie Lee was bad. She has a lot more to do, also. <laughs> Ex exactly, exactly. She has. This is like, this is like when they nominated Judy Dench from Belfast over Katrina Balfe. Like Katrina Balfe did so yeah. much more, and yet Judy Dench got in. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But like yeah, Stephanie, I don't know. they're weird. Stephanie, honestly, like. If I were the Academy, I would give Stephanie the win. Not just nominate her, I would give her the award. But just the fact that the narrative isn't as strong for her, I think that, yeah, honestly, like, I think that she could not... I'm going to put her in anyway because I want it to happen so bad. But I do think that, like, someone like Janelle Monet from Glass Onion could get in over her, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not that, Jan yep. not that Janelle Monet was bad. Janelle Monet was great. Honestly, yes. I would put Janelle Monet, if I were the Academy, I would put Janelle Monet in over Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're just two people. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <Sad. laughs> but you also think, but you also think that Jesse could get in. That's interesting because Jesse for me was a complete guess. And you know, she hasn't been getting in that many places. But I do think that because she is the most, like, out of all the actresses in the movie, because she is the most that's getting in, I do think that, like, she could get in, you know, over everyone else. I think that what was happening initially is that people were confused. They weren't sure to nominate, you know, Claire Foy, Rooney Mara, Jesse Buckley. You know, these are all relatively famous actresses, so they were confused. They were like, oh, yeah. who, we, who do we nominate? Uh... And then now that people are deciding on Jesse Buckley, I think that Jesse Buckley does have a slight chance. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That That's a strange case with women talking just because of the ensemble, like, I guess more ensemble nature of the cast than some of these other films. But you've seen it, so you you can tell me if that's true, if it's like more of an ensemble piece versus... Cause it is, generally. I, I'm not hearing about anybody potentially being nominated for lead, so it doesn't seem like there's really a lead right, character. Right. It's like the group of them are deciding to do something, right? So it's not just one person's thing. It's like all of their journey together. It is generally... Women Talking is generally more of an ensemble piece. However, each actress does have at least one moment to shine. Like, really shine with okay. their acting. And cool. personally, personally, I was most impressed by Sheila McCarthy. But, oh, okay. but she has no... Like, no one's talking about her. So she has no chance of getting it at all. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like how Samantha Morin had, like, one really good strong uh standout scene in both the whale and she said uh, that's mm -hmm. kind of like what sheila mccarthy was like for me and oh, okay i see okay that helps <laughs> yeah but but you think that claire foy can get it that's that that's that's interesting but we it could, agree but it could be a cancel each other out type thing and it could be that nobody from women talking gets nominated and i actually it could be because i saw it today but um, Babylon, it could be like Jean Smart could sneak sneak in because she has like uh, um, hype with. I don't know. She's an Emmy nom uh, Emmy winner now, or I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there because there were so many for this category. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Jean uh, Smart could get in or not. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see that many people talking about her. I mean, I, you could be right. You could be right that she could sneak in at the last minute, but 
I mean, again, I haven't seen Babylon, but uh, I guess you have. Yeah, I just saw it today. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, was it as bad as some people are saying it is, or was it a masterpiece like some people are saying it is, or are you more like in the middle? I'm definitely in the middle. Um, it's interesting. I had a lot of things that I was thinking while the movie was going on, which, you know, it's three hours, so there's going to be a lot <laughs> to right. time to think and lots of stuff to take in. Because um, I'm not really a huge Damien Chazelle fan. I like Whiplash a lot, but um, First Man was fine. I didn't really have an issue with it, but um, I don't like Lala Land, in popular opinion. So <gasps> What? I don't like it. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sorry, but I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like La La Land's literally no, one I of don't. the best I'm... modern musicals ever made? Mm -mm. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. We could have a whole other episode about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> going into um, Babylon, I wasn't really, I was like, um, maybe I'll like it because I like movies about, I like the 1920s, I like the silent period, I'm interested in seeing movies about that. But on the other hand, like, okay, I'm not like super, I'm not like Damien Chazelle's biggest fan either, so it's like, this could be hit or miss for me. So it ended up being very much in the middle. It's like, some of it that I was watching, I was like, oh, I love that, that's awesome. And some of it, I was like, okay. Really, I have seen this a million other times. This is just like another movie. Like, this is not original. Like, okay, whatever. So that's why I'm pretty middle ground about it. I gave it, I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10. Um, so yeah, I think people who think it's like terrible, I think it's probably just not for them. Like, there's, it's definitely, um, it's not really borderline X-rated or anything, but there's definitely, if, if people are squeamish, or not even really squeamish, but they don't want to see, you know, R-rated content, they're probably going to be turned off by that, but I also don't really see how you can call it, like, his masterpiece, so. Yeah. I gotcha. That was a very long tangent about Babylon. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha, yeah. <laughs> the Babylon just, it just scares me. I am a Damien Chazelle fan. I think First Man is good, not great. Uh, I love Whiplash. I love La La Lands because... La La Land is an objectively great movie, Marianne. I didn't say it was bad. I just said I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but, but Babylon, just it just scares me. Like, every time I see an ad for it, a trailer for it, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not a theater movie for me. Like, it's definitely, I'm definitely gonna just going to stream it. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's not yeah, really fair. something that you need to see on a screen or a big screen. Well, <laughs> How do you fan, see it if not on a screen? <laughs> well, fans of Babylon will disagree. Fans, fans of Babylon will say, no, you have to see it on the biggest screen possible, you know? Well, in theory, I mean, when I was in film school, my one of my professors said you should see every movie on the biggest screen possible. So <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> that's That's interesting. That's interesting that he would say that. I, I could definitely see where uh, he's coming from, but but Babylon, yeah. I just I don't know if I want to sit. I, I I just I want to watch Babylon through a format where I can pause it. I just feel like it's just gonna yeah. be too much. So yeah, the weird thing about it. Sorry if I interrupted, but like I remember I read some interview with Chazelle, and someone was asking if he considered putting in a putting in an intermission because it's three hours long. And he's like, well, I did think about it. And the part that I was going to put it in, I ended up not doing it because the narrative would just come to a complete stop if I did that. And it's just weird because the way the movie's formatted, 
or edited, there's like, here's the stuff happening in 1926. And then there's a lot of like blackouts and stuff like, okay, now we're in 1928 blackout. Now we're in this year. So I don't really know why he said that. Cause it seemed like there were several points where you could pause for like 10 minutes and it wouldn't matter because he kind of did that already. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what he meant by that, but that's just me. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to name a bunch of uh, people here, and uh, I want you to tell me if you know they have a chance of possibly sneaking in or not. Uh, Hong Chao for the win. Okay. Possible. I had it written down, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I just it, don't know. It doesn't seem like she initially, like people thought that, oh, she definitely will get in, but then there wasn't really much hype for her. But now yeah. that the film is, you know, widely released in theaters, people are starting to talk mm -hmm. about her again, and she is mm -hmm. amazing in the movie. She's 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 basically as good as Brendan, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I think that she could potentially get in. Do you think Sadie Sink has any chance? Um, I'm kind of on the same page with her and Hong Chao in that I think they both did well. It seems like Sadie's role was a little more showy because it's more of a shouting and angry teen type role, but in that sense, it also could work against her because no offense, but like that's not necessarily a role that nobody has ever done before, if that makes sense. Like, right, right. Like, it's not that she didn't make it her own or like she didn't wasn't believable in the role. It's just I, I don't think... For me personally, I don't think it was such a point where, oh, well, absolutely nobody else could have ever played that role or she was the absolute best that anybody has ever done in that kind of role. So I think that might work against her, if that makes sense. I agree with you. I think it will work against her. We mentioned before uh, Janelle Monet uh, for mm -hmm. Last Onion. Do you think that she has a chance at all for sneaking in? I think she does, uh, but... I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I had her written down, too. Um, it's certainly possible. I know. Well, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil Glass Onion for anyone who hasn't seen it. But um, it's not a simple role. I'll just say that. So that is a good factor in her favor. Um, and I, I, I was considering putting Glass Onion in Best Picture, too. I wasn't sure that's something that could possibly get in, just because maybe it's just because Gold Derby said so. But um, it seems like people generally like that, even if they don't like it as much as Knives Out. They do seem to like it overall. So if Glass Onion does well, that could bode well for her chances, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, I think that she could get in. There are people... There are like experts online that are saying that Janelle Monet could only get in if Glass Onion gets in for Best Picture, but I could see a narrative where mm -hmm. she gets in, but Glass Onion does not get in for Picture. Yeah, I think that's possible. And uh, the last couple of names I'm going to mention were uh, surprises at the Golden Globes. Uh, Dolly De Leon for A Triangle of Sadness and Carrie Mulligan for She Said. Do you think that either one of them could get in at the Oscars? Well, I'm not too sure. Um, for Dolly De Leon, um, I hadn't really heard about 
her at all in the movie. I'd heard of the movie, but I didn't hear about her at all before her Golden Globe nomination. So you're right in that it was a surprise for sure. Um, if Triangle of Sadness goes the way of being like one of the best picture nominees that sneaks in because it's like, I know it's an English language movie, but it's like a, it, it's kind of considered foreign because it's, you know, it, the director isn't, you know, uh, American or British or whatever. So it's maybe kind of has that foreign feel to some voters. I don't know. I could just be talking out of my, my butt on that one. But um, if that kind of sneaks into best picture, I could see her getting it. But I haven't really heard about it otherwise, so I don't know. Let's let's wait and see on that one. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, I don't think because she said is underperforming, not just like box office wise, but like awards wise, it's really mm -hmm. underperforming. I don't think Carrie Mulligan, like the fact that she even got Golden Globe, was like shocking. And yeah. Dolly De Leon was actually really great in Triangle of Sadness. It, again, like if I were the Academy, I would nominate her. But I don't really know if she stands that much of a chance at the like actual Oscars or not. I, yeah. I thought that she was really great in Triangle of Sadness, but I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that one, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough category. The toughest category for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the categories now. Uh, but now we're just going to do sort of like a free-for-all discussion on people that we wish could be nominated or films that we wish could be nominated at the Oscars. Like a, I don't know, like a Willem Dafoe from The Lighthouse snub or a Taron Egerton from Rocketman snub. Like those are two performances that very clearly should have been nominated or and potentially even win at the Oscars. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, like Tom, and, and I mentioned those two films specifically because they're both movies that came out the same year. Like Tom Hanks was great as Mr. Rogers from A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. But if you saw The Lighthouse, you know that Willem Dafoe is just so perfectly insane in the role and that he should have <laughs> clearly won. And I like the two popes more than most people. Jonathan Price looks and acts exactly like Pope Francis, but how could you watch mm -hmm. Rocket Man and think, oh, Taron Egerton, yeah, he was good. No, he was fantastic! Oh my god, don't even get me started, dude. Oh my god, I am forever upset about that. <laughs> Yeah, Rocket Man. Yeah, Rocket Man definitely deserved more love than just whatever it got nominated for, which was not enough. But anyway, so, but what about this year? Is there anything this year where you really wish that could be nominated, but you're like, oh, yeah, no, that definitely does not like stand a chance or probably won't get in? Um, I'm going to have to think about it for a little bit. I, I don't have anything off the top of my head, but. You I do want to kind of actually go back to the um, Rocket Man thing, just because with um, Austin Butler having a lot of hype for Elvis, I think it's an interesting question for the Oscars, especially for lead actor, since apparently that's the primary um, category that this gets nominated for. But like biopic musicians, why? What is the deal with these roles, and like what makes it Oscar worthy versus not? Like Rami Malek was nominated and won for playing Freddie Mercury, who 
is sadly has passed away. And Austin Butler has a lot of hype on his side for playing Elvis, who has also passed away. But Taron Edgerton did not have enough hype to get the nomination a couple years ago. Is it because Elton John was still alive or is still alive? And so it wasn't as, I don't know. I, I, that, that could just be totally me guessing on that one. But that seems to be like, what's the common factor here? Like what made Rami Malek worthy, but not Taryn Edgerton? And what makes Austin worthy this year? But again, not, not Taryn Edgerton. Like, I don't understand. Because, listen, Taryn Edgerton actually sang the role. And I guess Austin Butler did a lot of the singing, too. But Rami Malek didn't even sing the role. Like, what? Okay. I told you I was forever mad about it. I'll just keep ranting about it forever. <laughs> so I should move on from a different topic. Yeah, no. I no, I, I understand where you're coming from, for sure. I, I find it absolutely hilarious that before, like, you know, when they were listing off clips for all the Best Actor nominees, they played a clip for Bohemian Rhapsody where Rami Malek is so obviously lip syncing and I'm like, oh jeez, you guys just oh, yeah. Geez. Uh yeah, yeah, right yeah, Taryn Egerton. At least Blackbird on Apple TV Plus seems to be doing relatively well. That new Apple show he's in. But anyway, mm -hmm. so uh I I know that Going back to supporting actress really quickly, I know that some people sure. were saying that Nina Haas from Tar could get in for supporting mm -hmm. actress, but I don't think that's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I had her down just because I had heard about her possibly getting it, but I haven't seen Tar, so I have no real strong opinion on it. Tar is a almost three-hour-long movie about a fictional German lesbian uh, orchestra composer who mm -hmm. basically her life starts to unravel after a series of unfortunate events. And yes, I use mm -hmm. that phrase on purpose to reference the book series. Uh, but <laughs> like, it's a very slow burn movie that deals with a lot. But the more I think about it, the more I love it. That's good. I mean that's yeah. always a plus, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely recommend Tar, but but I don't. I recommend actually you check out Todd Field's other movies first. He's only directed three throughout his whole career. Uh, I recommend okay, well, checking easy. out In the Bedroom or Little Children first, and then checking out Tar because Tar is a lot. Tar is <laughs> Tar is a long movie, and almost every minute of it is used for something. Like something okay. really like heavy or deep. Oh, great! <laughs> it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of movie. Basically, is what I'm telling you. So, I so what's it called? So, but anyway, going back to like what you know, we want to be nominated. I think I would have loved to see instead of like Tom Cruise or Bill Nighy in Best Actor. I mean, again, I haven't seen Living. I don't want to pick on Bill Nighy specifically, but... Okay, so like I'll say, instead of Tom Cruise, I would have loved to see some love for Park Hyu from Decision mm -hmm. to Leave. I thought that he was mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic in that movie. Like, so, such, so, so great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, who else? Uh, I would have loved to see some love for... I think, you know, actually, uh, nope. Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. I would have loved to see some love for, uh, like 
like a glass onion, nope, or triangle of sadness in some of the oh, okay. yeah. categories. Like, I thought mm -hmm. that uh, there was... Actually, no, maybe not glass onion so much, but like nope or triangle of sadness. I, I don't know the name of that actor who played the Russian capitalist in Triangle of Sadness, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic and hilarious. I also, like, nope, you know, Kiki Palmer, I thought was genuinely mm -hmm. great. Uh, Daniel Kulia, yeah. I thought was genuinely great. I would have loved to see some love for uh, Broker, uh, Lee Ji-un, who was a supporting character in Broker. I thought that she was really, really good. Mm -hmm. uh, these are just like acting categories. Uh, do you want me to mention mm -hmm. any other categories that, like, I think could have, you know, um, in, but probably won't? Um, you can. I was trying to, while you were mentioning those, I was trying to multitask and look at my um, letterbox for the year and see, like, what I've seen this year and what stood out to me. And um, I noticed this is kind of like what has happened a couple years for me is. I haven't had like one movie this year that came out that I was like, oh my God, that is just like the coolest thing or that's the best thing I've seen in a while. The closest is probably everything everywhere all at once. Um, but looking at my list of movies that I've seen that came out this year, I'm like, okay, there's lots that I liked or I thought were really good or enjoyable, but there's not one really other than everything everywhere that I'm like really rooting for either way. Like, oh, well, it's probably not going to get nominated, but I'm rooting for it anyway. Or It'll probably get nominated. I'm waiting, wanting it to win. So that's happened for me a couple of years. So I don't know if it's just like I'm picky or <laughs> or what. But yeah, I don't really have like that much else that I would say I want to be nominated that I don't think will. So whatever you else want to talk about is fine. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, personally, I would have loved to see movies like uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth in uh, original screenplay. I think that that okay. film had a genuinely great uh, script, and it was also mm -hmm. really good in general. So I would really like to see that movie in original screenplay. I would have loved to see. Uh, this is probably not going to happen. Yeah, Chacha Rose would have definitely not happening for screenplay, and unfortunately, the Batman, despite having, in my opinion, the best uh, score from Michael Giacchino, will not be nominated for best score because. It's just hmm. not gaining any momentum. And that makes me sad because Michael Giacchino is such a great composer. He even directed a movie this year for Disney Plus mm -hmm. and uh, Marvel, yeah. uh, Werewolf by Night, which I thought was actually yeah. really good. But I just like Batman had such an amazing score. It had amazing cinematography, too, but it's not. There's no way that Batman will get in for cinematography like it's not happening unfortunately yeah probably not i mean maybe it'll get some below the line nominations like is it on it the shortlist for like visual effects or it will get makeup and it will get visual effects i know that for sure yeah. like the the yeah. colin farrell how they made colin farrell look like the penguin was like people are like wow that's so that's colin farrell that's so great makeup yeah it, it was that was a case where when i hear people say oh they're unrecognizable most of the time i'm like Okay, yeah, they look different. I wouldn't say they're unrecognizable, but that was a case where I was like, okay, that is very hard to tell that that's Colin Farrell. 
Well, I think well, I think that you know maybe a factor in that is that you know they already announced beforehand that you know it's a certain like actor in it, so subconsciously you're able to see you know like oh yeah that's actually Colin Farrell underneath there. True. Or, oh yeah, that's Tom Hanks in you know like a fat suit in Elvis. You know like right. because they announced <laughs> beforehand that oh this actor's going to be in this movie. So True. it would actually be nice. If, you know, obviously studios are never going to do this, but it would be nice if, like, you know, at least, like, one studio were to withhold the fact. Like, if they had withheld the fact that that was Colin Farrell in the penguin suit uh, until, like, you know, after the movie or the day that the movie was released, people would be going even more in bananas. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> that was Colin Farrell? Yeah, that you're right. Yeah, like, and and... Like, obviously, you know, like, they couldn't do this for Brendan Fraser for The Whale, but, like, yeah, it would have been cool if, like, people, we just knew that A24 is making a movie about, you know, The Whale play, but then when we went to the theater, then we saw that it was Brendan Fraser, but obviously, they would never do that. No studio would ever make, do something that risky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that, in general, I'm content with like what we think that the academy will nominate and like in mm -hmm. general i think this is this is actually a pretty solid year for movies i think that mm -hmm. like 2019 and last year were overall better you know mm -hmm. better movies were released but this year i mean i haven't seen like all the movies this year obviously yeah like, you know like there's still Plenty of movies like Babylon and Elvis that I haven't seen. And, you know, also other movies like, what, like, Morbius, which is apparently, like, <laughs> the movie of the year. <laughs> it and, sure is. <laughs> and, like, you know, like, Black Adam. Like, there, there are a bunch of movies this year that I haven't seen. And, and on purpose, honestly. Like, I purposely skipped a lot of movies where I thought, or I knew, oh, that's not going to be as good. So... In general, I am content with the nominees. I, I would be, you know, happy, of course, if, like, you know, like, Daniel Deadweiler could definitely get in, or, like, Stephanie Sue could definitely get in. But, mm -hmm. but overall, I think that the Oscars will, you know, nominate the right things. Now, the ceremony, that's going to be a train wreck for sure. <laughs> I, I just know it. Like, I, whoever they get to host will do a bad or mediocre job. There's probably not going to be anything crazy like, you know, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock last year. I I'm They already announced that it'll be Jimmy Kimmel again. It's going to be Jimmy Kimmel again? Oh. Yeah. Uh, now your uh, yeah. thought is uh, even I'm more I'm definitely certain, not huh? watching the ceremony this year, then. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, definitely not. All right, well, I think that that wraps things, wraps things up then, unless do you have anything else to say about, like, potential, like, nominees? No, I think we covered pretty well. All right, uh, well, thank you. In that case, uh, that's it. Thank you so much, Marianne, for uh, doing this. Thank you for having me yet again. Yeah, and uh, thank you all out there for listening to another episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing a new podcast episode with you all. And tomorrow, New Year's Day, I have a special video planned 
uh, for my YouTube channel. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's a special video. I'm going to be doing something brand new that I've never done before. Uh, and I'm sure that many of you will like what I'm doing. But uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Now this is podcast.